Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Rebecca Rains here with Grateful Heart TV. I had the honor recently to be interviewed by Mark Stark of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And the reason why he asked me to go on the show is because I was giving insider knowledge about new homes. If you're thinking about buying a new home or you currently own a home and just went through the new home process, this would be a great show for you to watch. The biggest thing I want to share, and this is why you want to watch the show, is if you're thinking about buying new, don't go in there by yourself. Us realtors, especially the ones like me who have a lot of experience with new homes, will make sure to give you the right guidance so you make the right option choices and you pick the right lots and there's so many good benefits and it doesn't cost you a thing. So make sure you use a realtor or even better yet, at least watch the show about new home sales if you're thinking about buying a brand new home. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to our Facebook Live event every Tuesday at 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we have some great content for you today. Uh, I have a very special guest, Rebecca Rains. Uh, let me, I want to start off by first, well, first of all, welcome, Rebecca. Hello, thank you for having me. No, truly my pleasure. Here's what I want to do, not to embarrass Rebecca, but I, I got to tell you some of these accolades. First of all, in 2019, uh, Rebecca and her group accomplished our top team out of the whole state of Arizona. So first of all, congratulations. Woohoo! <laughs> Great job. There you go. I love it. Um, and I have to tell you, we have a topic today, and it's all about understanding new homes and you have such a wide range of experience with this, but I want to get context around this for all of our viewers. I just want to read a little bit about your background. So we're going to start there. And then I have some questions that I know uh, our viewers will be very interested in hearing your answers. So let me begin by saying a little bit about your background. Uh, Rebecca was originally licensed in 1993 as a general real estate agent and in 1996 transitioned to new home sales for Jackson Properties, with, which was in the Phoenix Valley. They were known for hiring newbies, which gave her the opportunity to break in to the new home sales business. They also sent her to Highland Bay Training, which is where she learned this new home sales system called Critical Path. And uh, later today, Rebecca is going to share uh, to all of our viewers what that is. From there, she moved to a small family builder where she eventually became their designated broker. And they allowed her to also do some resale business at that time. In 2001, she was hired by Trend Homes to go back into new home sales. After four years in 2005, 
five, they promoted her to uh, uh, management, to running the entire team, just in time for her to manage through the craziest downturn of 2007. Lots of fun. Now, again, where she reinvented herself, once again, focusing on short sales and foreclosures all the way through from 2007 to 2012. Now, in late 2012, Bellagio Homes, uh, who was also associated with her past employer, Trend Homes, approached her once again to sell new homes uh, inventory for them. However, Rebecca at that time had a vibrant resale business, and at that time, instead of moving back into new home sales, she decided to put in infrastructure so she could both do resale as well as new homes. She closed nearly 400 homes for them while saving that smaller builder the opportunity of having to build their own infrastructure uh, and afforded them the opportunity just to focus on what they do best, and that's building quality homes for the public. In 2015, Rebecca joined uh, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and has been with us ever since, and we are proud to have Rebecca as part of the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services family. Well, that is a new homes background. And uh, I'm going to tell you, now I know why you have so much to share today. <laughs> well, I feel like I should just drop the microphone and walk away and laugh at that <laughs> intro, Mark. Thank you so uh, much. No, thank you. Now, uh, later today, I want to announce this now. Uh, Rebecca also uh, was kind enough to share her buyer's booklet which you'll find in key pages in there will really support what we're talking about today and give you some key questions. But it also goes into different ideas, even though it's for focused on the Arizona market, gives you different ideas that you could build your own booklet of really how to deal with buyers. Anyone interested in that after today, just all you have to do is get a hold of Diane Ray, shoot her an email, and we'll forward you the link so you can have a digital copy of that booklet. All right, let's get started. I've got some questions for you, Rebecca. All right. I'm Woo! Away, Mark. All right, interesting times. We're not going to talk about that today, but we are definitely in interesting times. So let me start off with this question. Based on the times that we're in, how important do you feel right now, understanding what sales executives are dealing with, how important it is to having selling new homes in your repertoire in this market? There's, I don't even know how to say that it is critical, absolutely critical for you to know how to work with the builders and optimize that opportunity here in the Phoenix area. We just hit 1.3 months of inventory that's available on the resale market and people are, you know, losing out on bidding wars left and right. You don't have to get into a bidding war with a builder. So that is a wonderful opportunity to lock in a buyer. Maybe you won't close right away, but that's, you know, just money in your pipe for down the road. And really, I think you're losing out if you don't get to know the builders in your backyard. All right. So, you know, builders have changed over time. The business has changed over time. Can you yeah. share some of that insight that you've seen knowing where new home sales was and now where it is today. Any insight that you can share on some of those changes? Well, a lot of the changes mirror the changes we've seen in the resale market. For example, 
today versus 10 years ago, I don't get sign calls like I used to thanks to everybody having smartphones and having access to Zillow and realtor.com on their phone. They don't necessarily need to pick up the phone and call me to get the square footage, the bedroom count, the, the pricing. It's kind of the same with the builders. You know, back in the day, I used to go get the builder map and I'd drive around town all over the place with my clients. And if you weren't for the signage on the street that the builders were paying for, you didn't, that was really the only way to find them. And, and today technology has just changed how we do business all the way around. So as far as the builders are concerned, when I left the floor for trend back in like 2005 time period and went into management at that time, we were actually paying a resale agent to put our listings in the MLS. Most builders would not participate in the MLS. They didn't want to have to be forced to deal with the regulations from the board of realtors. They don't want to pay realtor dues. And I actually had helped trend at that time because of my resale experience, get the non-member access so they could start putting their own listings in. Today, most builders have all of their stuff in the MLS, but that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Yeah, no, I, I see that. I got to believe, too, is with the inventory, as you mentioned earlier, being so tight, tr truthfully, throughout the entire country, I got to believe having new homes in your pocket, too, knowing that inventory, I mean, my God, it's not like you, you've got inventory flowing uh, right. everywhere. I mean, so having that in your pocket too. Well, you really need to know who offers what, what their specialty is, where they're located. I, I think I shared with you, Mark, and this is something that I promote with all of my agents as well is it's, and this is why we have a buyer booklet. I love having the initial buyer consult in my office instead of meeting at a house for the first time, because it does allow me to really show my expertise and why they want me representing them when it comes to walking into a builder's sales office. Today, because of COVID, most sales offices don't let you just walk in. You have to have an appointment ahead of time. But you know, just a few months ago, that was different. And many times us resale agents, if we didn't talk about new home construction, our clients would just walk in on their own and not even think twice about it because they didn't realize that they would affect our ability to represent them and be paid by the builder if they decided to move forward, they, you know, a lot of times just didn't, don't want to bother yet. Right. And so if I have that opportunity to have the buyer consult in my office. So one thing I have at my office is I have a cubby full of builder material from all the builders in my area. And I asked all my agents when they're out and about to bring in extra brochures so that when we have that buyer consult, I can just go to my cubby and pull out Lennar's subdivision up the street or Meritage's or whoever it is that might fit for the buyer I'm, I'm consulting with that day. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. You know, you have a unique benefit, really kind of understanding both sides of the aisle. Any way that you can share some kind of home the, from the home builder's perspective? So, you know, what's on their mind? How do they view us as general sales agents? Any insight you can give us on that would be would be. Lord, yes, there's so much um, I can share with you. Number one, if the new home sales agent is good and it's a busy time for them and they aren't having to hunt down leads. The, the sales agent on staff, which is very different than our, us as resale agents, the sales agent on staff that's sitting in that sales office, they're usually employees. They're not allowed to sell resale. They get benefits. They get vacations. Their computers are provided for them. Everything's included. And they just literally pull into an open house that's already set up for them every day. 
and they stay in that one community and they are the expert on that community. When a resale agent comes in, sometimes they look at the resale agents and I mean, and, and gosh knows, we all know this because we deal with other agents all the time on cross sales. Not all agents are the same. And some agents do give the rest of us that work really hard a bad name because they don't know what they're doing. They're kind of inept. And sometimes they don't get out of the way to allow that sales agent that's on site to make the sale. So I know a lot of times new home sales agents have kind of an attitude like realtors aren't the highest caliber of agent. Like they they do get extensive training from their builders. And so they kind of look down sometimes on the resale agent. Now the smart ones make friends with resale agents and create a, re a, a reciprocal relationship. So if they have a cancellation or a spec come up, you know, there's that kind of camaraderie, but it's very few and far between um, because most resale agents don't learn or understand the importance of fostering those relationships with those new home sales agents. Uh, they, they really don't look at us like we're as good as them to be quite frank. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that now that is value, valuable information to have. So taking that kind of a, a step further. So what questions should, you know, I'm a general real estate sales executive. I'm going in uh, to a development. I'm going to be talking to the sales agents there. What questions should I be prepared to ask? Well, page three and four of my packet has the entire list that I recommend. And I share this with my buyers so that they know that I'm looking out for their fiduciary. But just to give you an idea, and I had to put on my glasses for this uh, so I could read it all. You know, you want to learn about the subdivision, how many lots are in the community, what the fees cover for the association, the schools, if gas is available in the community, lot sizes and dimensions. Um, if they allow single levels with two stories, what kind of restrictions for elevation and color? Um, my, my list goes on and on, but to simplify it also, uh, a big deal is learning what their incentives are with and without their lenders. You know, if you don't know to ask the right questions, you may not know there might be certain homes that they're doing special deals on depending on the um, sales climate, how hot and how eager they are to make sales. If there's a cost to doing a lot reservation, if they allow a lot reservation, if they hold lots, um, and really what the down payment expectation is based or earnest money expectation is based off of their qualifying, um, other monies needed to complete the sale, meaning a lot of times when you go down the sales center, they may want 20% of the option spent to be put down as an additional down payment, whether they allow contingencies. Most of the time if we're coming in there, they don't want to allow contingencies. And that's a whole nother question and topic to talk about. That is where a lot of people have seen opportunity in the past that, you know, the open doors and the, and the big eye buyers have kind of, you know, competed with us for what, if they're energy efficient, that's a really big deal right now. Are they green? What is their, um, what is their reading for energy? Is it, uh, you know, hers, is it down in the fifties or the sixties? Do you know what a hers rating is? If you don't, we should talk about that, what their warranties are for, and then whether or not you would recommend to have a home inspection prior to close or after close at the one year mark. Um, you know, what is standard versus what is upgraded? What paint is the standard paint on the house? Um, build time in particular. And then obviously um, we all like inventory. So what their current inventory uh, list is. You know, they typically don't call a lot. If they if they had the right train, they won't call a lot, a lot. They'll call it a home site. 
Um, they won't c call it a spec, they'll call it an inventory home. You know, there's a lot of uh, terminology that they'll use to try to um, put value into a, a, their home over their competition. And, and honestly, one of my favorite co uh, questions is, is who's your competition? Because that's how I also find out who they're selling against, who maybe they're losing sales to, and maybe who I should go visit with my client. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Well, so many of what you just went over, and, and uh, again, thank you so much for pro providing the buyer booklet for people to review, but you know, protects the client. It not only gives you valuable information of how to react and, and communicate, but so much of that protects your client and helps them make the best choice possible, ultimately, on where they want to buy, even in that community. Oh, absolutely. So one thing that I've seen time and time again when I've taken listings from people who've bought new build construction without representation, the builder, there is no fiduciary for the on-site sales agent to the buyers coming in that are unrepresented. And their job they've been hired for is to sell every darn home site in that community, regardless of whether it backs to power lines or a busy road or maybe the dump in the back, you know, things of that nature. They're going to paint the beautiful picture that you as a resale agent can help guide your client against why maybe they don't want to pick that particular home site to build their half a million dollar home on. Because, you know, if you're giving them the representation that they need, you're going to help guide them to making selections, not just on the lot location, but perhaps on some of the options that make the most sense and most value on the resale side of things that a buyer who just happens to be out and about and stops and doesn't think anything of it could find themselves. I mean, I've been on that side of the table, Mark, and, you know, I, I have to sell every single house, whether it back to a power line or not. And um, buyers that are unrepresented sometimes make really poor investment choices without the right, right representation. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes total sense. And it, it starts off, like you say, with asking the right questions, because if you don't bring it up, it easily can be missed. Uh, well, or purposely not gone over. Correct. correct. So, you know, not just missed, but the sales agent knows they got to sell that house on lot 79 regardless. So they're not going to be talking about, you know, the neighbor behind or things of that nature that you as an on as a resale agent representing them would want to discover for your clients. So whatever, you're you're on a great path right now. You know, uh, there's always seems to be industry secrets, I guess whichever industry you're in. Can you yeah. share some additional industry secrets that you know that you dealt with that just came from the new homes world that I I guarantee you sales executives coming in from the general world most probably don't know unless maybe they worked in the industry and had the background like you had. There's two things that immediately come to mind. The first one is not every builder compensates their sales agents the same. And I say that because some builders promote a shared floor versus a competitive floor. And what that means to the on-site agent versus the resale agent could be very big uh, today because of the internet and because of internet sales agents. Some builders allow their agents to roam around different communities and some do not. So what a shared floor does is the two agents on-site, mind you, again, they're employees. They're not uh, independent contractors like we are. They're employees. And if they're sharing the floor, that means that there's 80 lots in that particular subdivision. And regardless of who writes the sale, those two agents split. So in theory, when you come through the door, it doesn't matter who you talk to, when you talk to them, you should get the same type of customer service from both on-site sales agents. 
Now, some builders do what's called a competitive floor because what happens is usually in that shared floor environment, there's one go-getter and there's one that might not be as much of a go-getter. And so they like to compensate the agent that is the go-getter. And when it's a competitive floor, unfortunately, sometimes there's a lot of issues between agents. Well, there's issues even on the shared floor. But if you know when you're coming with the client and you're registering them, if you know to ask, hey, are you guys shared or split? Is it just you or is there another agent? So that way, after the first visit, you know who to communicate with. Because if you go, if it's a split, if it's a competitive floor and you meet agent A and then you come back and agent B is there, it can get a little dicey and uncomfortable with you and your client if they're not getting along. Like it's, it's something that most resale agents don't even know exists. Yeah. That and this is from the world on the other side of the table. And unfortunately, sometimes those agents fight over buyers, they fight over commissions. And sometimes the buyer on the end feels it and it's not the best feeling. So if you know to ask that question, then you know if your client actually likes that property, you know who to follow up with if it matters who you follow up with. Sure. So that's one thing that comes to mind. And then the other thing is the majority of builders will only pay you on base price. Most of us resale agents know that's 3% of base is the average, at least here in Arizona, and you don't get paid on options. And that's because the builders, there's a couple of factors the builders look at when they're pricing their product. Usually on average, it's about 50% co-broke, which that means is half the buyers come through with an agent, half of them come through without an agent. So they're basing their pricing and their numbers on half of the people coming through without an agent, and for the half that do, just keep in mind, we don't get paid as a resale agent on upgrades. That's norm, most of us do know that, but maybe what not everybody does know is the average buyer, and this is where a lot of builders, if they create their own specs and build a spec from ground up, they usually use the 17% factor, meaning of the base price, 17% is typically like perfect number for options. They don't run into issues with appraisals, and they can load up a house and it looks beautiful and most buyers will buy that house if it has 17% of options. And that's usually the goal that they're trying to drive the buyers to spend on their homes because that's where their numbers like mesh out the way they want. Uh, the builders usually are very competitive on appliances because nowadays you can just go onto Google with a model number and you know exactly what you can get on the market for you know that appliance, that stove that you want. But where they do tend to make their money is flooring, countertops, uh, cabinetry, and on average, that's about a 40 to 50% markup. So when you're giving your clients guidance and maybe they're on a fixed budget or a tight budget, or they're barely qualifying, knowing what options to help guide them to select, A, will give them better value, less opportunity for an appraisal issue. The appraisals um, are not a contingency on the builder contracts. The builder contracts are unilateral. They're all unique in each builder office. And so there's definitely pitfalls to uh, help guide your clients to make the smarter investment on their options that they're selecting, knowing that information. Wow, that is, uh, that is key. And I can see all kinds of ways why that would be a benefit to you. You know, again, it, all, it also brings back to just how you're interacting with the agents you know, who are selling the new homes. And, you know, I've always believed you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. And just understanding that dynamic lets you interact. Because sometimes, you know what, you have to interact with who you have to interact with. But knowing that information 
certainly gives you uh, somewhat of an upper hand to be able to do it more effectively. So, absolutely, Mark. And I say sugar and salt. So we're on the same page there. <laughs> absolutely. You know, if you if you you will impress the agent on the other side of the table if you even know to ask the question. Hey, are you a shared floor or a split floor? Because then they're going to be like, "Ooh, you got my back. You're not going to, you know, screw me over and go to my partner when I'm not here. You'll know better, you know." And, and creating those relationships, you never know. Like, you may, they may, you may walk in and they may tell you they have a waiting list, a lottery, what have you in today's environment. But if you make friends with them, they may tell you when something falls out and kind of help slide you and your client in. So definitely pays to know the builders in your area. What they are offering and make friends with them when you can. Well, you just hit such a big point is by you more effectively dealing with those individuals, those salespeople, you are opening doors for your clients. And so it's those types of actions that are just so powerful. Instead of just, you know, blaming the market we're in, you're like, you're so strategic in how you're doing it, opening up doors Okay, and the people who benefit are the buyers and sellers who are working with you, in this case, buyers. So, great. Right. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. Tara Creek and the TK team have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision. It deserves a strategic approach. The TK team provides you with a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score, helping you qualify for better rates and terms. Visit the TKteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you make the best decisions. The TK team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo-Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters, so when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Hi, my name is Rob Sell. I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multifamily units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355. Thank you and I appreciate it and I look forward to hearing from you. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyer's Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters, Lawyer's Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask a realtor or a loan officer today about using Lawyer's Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyer's Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Have you been thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith at Epic Mortgage for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead so you can get the best rate, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact Joe Smith at Epic Mortgage today. 602-741-4121. Um, you mentioned to me this training, uh, new home sales that you got right when you got into the new home sales business called Critical Path. Can you yes. explain to our viewers what is Critical Path? 
Yes, I am excited to, to explain to you the critical path because quite honestly, I think I was already doing it in resale before I learned there was a term to it. The critical path of sales for new home sales is there's five points in the transaction. And the idea is that if you get that five points and you do it every time with every person coming through the door as a new home salesperson, you will land more closings, more sales very effectively because you're discovering at those right junctures what you need to in order to truly ask for the sale. And so the critical path is number one, you greet the customer coming in. I don't know how many times I've walked into a sales office and the sales guy isn't even in the office or if he's in the office, <laughs> you know, he's waving it through because he's on the phone or whatever, a good new home sales agent. And it's good to recognize who the good ones are. We'll make sure they get up and they greet you. And, you know, they, they are to then number two is they are to demonstrate the model. And I don't know the last time I went into a new home sales office that the agent actually demonstrated the model. When I say demonstrate the model, that means they're walking us through, guiding us through, showing us what's included, what's not included, the benefits, the features, all of that good stuff. If a new home sales agent does that, then the next step automatically is then you go to site. When, when we say site, that means you're then when you come back from the sales, you come back into the sales office, you get around the plat table and you figure out what lots might best serve that buyer coming in. And you actually get into your golf cart or your car, you drive the community and you show them the different lot locations. And the idea is that you get them involved and you, and you get your feet in the dirt and you show them where the house will sit on that lot. And if you do that, then all along the way, you're asking qualifying questions. But at the end, right before you ask for the sale, you qualify them, not necessarily financially, but you just qualify, you know, you find out from them what their motives are to be there, what their drive or what their desire is. And then you do ask the right probing questions to see if they would be able to qualify for the home purchase that you just demonstrated inside of them. And if everything leads to yes, that's when you have to ask for the sale. An agent who actually learns how to do that, like my one of my first months working for Trend Homes, I wrote 34 contracts and closed 31 of them and absolutely utilized the critical path to sales every chance I got, and that was 20 years ago. And when I learned the critical path to sales, like I had all these ding, you know, dings in my head going, oh my gosh, I, you know, I did this with resale. It's a wonderful, uh, I guess if you will, path to the finish line and if you understand that you're the bus driver and, and your job is to get that buyer to the finish line we all win but not every resale agent and not every new home agent learned the critical path to sales but if you do and you recognize it like i can tell when agents have it when i've been through and sometimes i just do their job form if they don't and i go through the critical path myself and i even had uh this kind of funny story over here at toll brothers near my home I had my clients writing a contract and the guy was just standing there like dumbfounded because I went through the whole critical path before he even could get out of his chair and <laughs> found them the lot and, you know, set up the contract appointment for the next morning and they closed on that house and it was a wonderful contract. Yeah. I, I, I love that. You know, people don't realize you skip one step. You know, I know it may not in some ways may not seem like a big deal, but you don't it realize is you can take yourself out by the knees. Uh, that is great, love that. Greet, demonstrate, the site, qualify, ask for sale, love it. Well, if you, if you skip any of those, Mark, you, you won't get the sale. Uh, one thing that they trained us in Highland Bay was that you would get 19 no's for every one yes. 
I guarantee you today's world's a little bit different because I had that training a long time ago. There's just so little out there that these new home sales agents, like I think at the same time, they look their noses down on the resale agents. Us resale agents kind of come in sometimes with a chip on our shoulder thinking they have it made, blah, 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 blah. Well, quite honestly, another secret, just so all the agents out there know this, they're only making a fraction of what we make. The builders, because they have them as employees and they're getting a guaranteed volume, most of those agents are only making 0.75 on every sale that they actually write and close. Interesting, yeah. No, and that is, uh, uh, that, that's a huge difference. And, and again, understanding those nuances gives you a, uh, even say a, a respect for the other person and what yeah. they're dealing with. And, uh, and again, helps you work more effectively with them, which ultimately is protecting our clients. Um, a question that always comes up to me in, in new homes, working with builders and new home sales is, you know, great. I want to sell new homes. I want to understand the inventory. Very important. But is there an opportunity for me to get additional residual business off of working with builders. And I know the industry has changed so much. You have such strong relationships with builders. What what can you share as it comes to, okay, I'm selling new homes, but can I get other business from the builders because I'm working with them? And if I can, how do I do that? Well, you know, I've been there and I've done that, Mark. And in today's environment's definitely very different thanks to our iBuyers. I remember a few years back um, being with you in Omaha and I was like telling everybody like, if you haven't heard of Open Door yet, you will, trust me. <laughs> and you know, obviously the whole world's heard of Open Door now and they've partnered with Lennar Homes. I think DR Horton just partnered with Zillow for their iBuyers. And so these iBuyers definitely have, have taken a huge chunk of what we used to be able to, if we had the right connections, create a relationship to maybe further our business and create that residual income. So what I what I mean by that is, for example, I currently manage and represent Belago Homes when we have our agents on site. If somebody comes in without a, an agent representing them and they are unrepresented, but they have a home to sell, we I have a reciprocal relationship with my agents where I take the home as a trade-in program. Really, the trade-in is not necessarily a trade-in per se, because once they hear what an investor wants to pay for their property, most of those people want to just list the traditional way and we get the listing, we get it sold. And I really do it just to help my builder mitigate his risk because the last thing a builder wants to do is build a spec home for free and with somebody else's options. Because if they're gonna build a spec, they're gonna build it with the, the options that actually sell, not sure. somebody's green countertop that they fell in love with, right? Um, and so that's been really you know, my little niche as I definitely have gotten residual business. Now, when I very first started working for Blago, I still had a lot of relationships because of my experience at Trend Homes. And for like a blink of an eye, I was their preferred agent to resell in the same scenario and do a trade-in program for Cal Atlantic Homes, who is now Lennar Homes, because Lennar's bought up everybody just about, it seems. And when Open Door came to town, like I say blink of an eye because they literally gave that entire opportunity to the, the iBuyer, just easier for them. And, you know, yesteryear, you could sometimes get in with the smaller guys and offer to put their stuff in the MLS for them because most of those builders didn't, again, like I explained in the beginning of this, want to be constrained by the board of realtors and their ethics and all their rules and regulations. So they would just put a billboard up on the freeway or at the corner and people would just come in off of signage. Again, today with technology, that's all changed. And so they've all you know, kind of reluctantly joined the board as a non-member agent 
to get their listings into the MLS. And so I guess long story short is today, if I found that there was an opportunity there, I would be all over it. And yes, I'd manage for a builder and I wouldn't be managing for the small builder if I didn't have my years of management experience working exclusively for builders that he wanted to never have hired me. It would be really hard, I think, today for a resale agent to go in and do what I did even a few years ago if they didn't have the strong new home sales background that I have. So I guess long story short, Mark, is I would give advice to the resale agents, make friends with those agents on site, perhaps just so that way if something falls out of escrow, you can you know better serve your client. But I wouldn't chase trying to create a relationship that creates residual income because I think most of those opportunities are long gone. The mindset for most of the bigger builders is they can handle everything in-house now and maybe 10, 15 years ago, they were not set up to do so. Yeah, makes sense. No, I appreciate that. I mean, that's a question that comes up. And again, with yeah. your experience, that's why I, I think it's such a benefit for everybody to hear that. So you don't go down a road that's going to lead to nowhere, ultimately. Um, yes, yeah, Spin your wheels. We have enough work to do. We don't need to do that. Amen. Amen. Anything else? This has been, again, such, I'm getting such positive comments. Uh, they love you and appreciate your feedback. Anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't covered? Any other insight, working new homes that you want to share with all the viewers? Well, I feel like we did a really good job kind of covering a lot of the things that most resale agents wouldn't even be cognizant to be aware of, to consider, to ask. I think ultimately though, you nailed it earlier when you said to actually, and this, this goes in life in general, respecting what the other person on the other side of the table does. When you treat people well with respect and don't go into a sales office with a chip on your shoulder and act all bothered and upset because now you have to make an appointment or maybe your client came through, oh, okay, I will give you the one tidbit because that just came to mind. But if you just treat people the way you wanna be treated, you're gonna get so much further with a new home sales agent, amen. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I personally, again, I believe in my buyer book and having buyer consults because I really spend time educating that person. I, and I don't wait for them to ask me about a new home. I bring it up in my builder or my buyer package for a reason because I want them to know that if they want to go in there without me, it's going to be really hard for me to go in there and represent them after the fact. And if I don't represent them after the fact, and they go in there unrepresented, it's like going into a courtroom without an attorney. It really is. But guess what, guys? You don't have to pay for me. The builder will pay me to come along. So please just do me the consideration. Usually at that point, I hand them like 10 business cards. If you just can't stop yourself and you're passing by and you just don't think it's going to harm, do me the favor. Show them my card. Because most of the on-site sales agents, they want to make sales. But, and, and they know what the red rules are and the blue rules. And I mean, like they know where they can bend and where they can't. So if you, as a resale agent, at least educate your buyer that if you're gonna, if you're gonna work with me and right now you're telling me you don't want a new home, but guess what, inventory is short. And if you get tempted to stop in, at least flash them my card because half the time that new home sales agent will look the other way and allow them to still go through the sales office to see if they even like the place. Got it. But. But if you don't do that and they go in there and they like it and they start spending a bunch of time asking questions where the agent on site, their job is to actually register them and get their information, then you're done. Doesn't mean you can't represent them down the road, but it means you won't get paid to do so. Yeah. And we all don't do this for free. I mean, we all have children to feed and mouths to feed and all of that. So, you know, if you educate your buyer up front, they're going to respect you if you, if, if you explain to them 
that you will guarantee that they will make better choices with the builder if you're there to represent their best interest because the guy on the other side of the table, his job is to represent the seller, who is the builder. Yeah, you know, something you just said there is so powerful by, think about this, just skipping that initial buyer's interview, which you are committed to, um, you can't hand them 10 cards, okay? Yeah. Because you skip that first step. One, they right. don't have the explanation, they don't have the, the, the tie-in to you, uh, which right. that interview helped do. But now you didn't even give them those cards, which even reduces the chances specifically for those, like you said, those builders or sales agents that, oh, we'll work with you. But you know what? They didn't mention you. They didn't come in with any card. They didn't even say anything. Sorry, I can't help you. They didn't say anything until they're ready to make the contract. And then, oh, by the way, I have a realtor. Exactly. And exactly. Just say, Tough crap. No, you know, and we've had, we've had builders say, look at, uh, once, once your buyer crosses that threshold without you, it's tough. And I will tell you this, if they do that and hand a card right up front, we've gotten past some of those yeah. issues uh, with yeah. many builders. So it's great Absolutely. advice. Absolutely. They will, most of them will say, if, if, if like there's cameras in the sales office and they do not want, it's called backdooring, talking about, so there is terminology. There's, <laughs> there's one leg it up, there's backdoors, there's all kinds of terminology these new home sales agents use. But if a new home sales agent, like I would fire somebody if they did this, if they knowingly brought in a buyer's agent after they've already gotten the sale, then they're stealing from their builder. Sure. And it's called backdooring and it's a defense that they can be fired for. But if you tell them up front, then guess what? They probably won't spend a bunch of time with your client. They're just gonna say, okay, I didn't see you, go ahead and have fun. And if you like it, come back with your agent. And then you can be there to represent. And um, yeah, it is it is truly an offense that they can be fired for because it does look like stealing. Because remember in the beginning I said, most builders are looking at half of their sales are with agents and half of them are with now. Right. And so their numbers are all based off of paying commission on some deals and some deals they don't. So if all of a sudden in a certain neighborhood, they're paying 90% co-broke, then they're going to start looking at that agent going, hmm, I wonder what they're up to over there. Sure. No, no, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I've heard percentages uh, along not as high as 90, but even if it's different, the kicker is it's already baked in the cake, whatever that exact percentage is. And the interesting aspect of that is, is that's why it's powerful for your buyer to understand, hey, look, I get to represent you. I get to protect you. And the builder's already baked it in the cake of the compensation. I like the bake in the cake term, Mark. I'm going to have to steal that one from you. You know what? The bake in the cake, take it all you want. I, I, I'm fine <laughs> with it. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, Rebecca, thank you so, so much. Um, I want to thank you so much for your time. I also want to remind everybody, if you want a free copy of uh, Rebecca's Buyer's Manual, Buyer's Book, all you have to do is email Diane Ray. She will send you the link. And it's all yours to review. Again, even though it's focused on one market, I guarantee you, because I looked through it all, there's 57 pages there. Uh, and it'll give you different ideas that you can use in your market uh, or tweak them the way that you feel best. So, uh, Rebecca, thank you again so much for your time. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. No, my pleasure. Everybody, if you like today's content, please like and what else? Share it. Share it with as many people as you possibly can that you feel will get value out of it. We will see you here again next week with some great content. 
every Tuesday at 1.30. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. I hope you guys enjoyed. Hopefully you learned a couple of little secrets and maybe really now appreciate what us realtors do when we come in there to represent you. Remember, the builder has their own realtors representing them. It's kind of like going to court without an agent. Bring a realtor with you. You won't regret it if you do. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day